Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, you're going to want to make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell because you know that our show is, you only get information from people that actually done it. We don't have people on the show to just talk about it. And today, my friend, Ruben is going to drop some serious knowledge bombs. We're going to be talking about branding, marketing, everything to do with business. He he is truly amazing. He's a brother in Christ, but also he is he he is a TEDx talk. He's an, a speaker, he's an author. He's just kicking ass and taking names. He's got an event coming up soon that we're going to talk about. So, Rep Ruben, welcome to the show, my brother. What's going on? Oh man, thank you for that. Thank you for that introduction. You know, it's it's funny with uh, with the introductions, right? Because like they're they're like accolades, right? They're just like awards. And then as you as you get them, like that's what people refer to you as. But it's just weird, like going through that transition. I think once once you have them, it's a little bit different. But as you're getting them and as you're climbing, it's just a strange transition for sure. Well, one thing I love that you know you you are the brand shark. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. I I actually love that. And we're going to talk about how you got that name. But before I even um, ask that question, because if I don't ask this question, I always forget. I got a traumatic brain injury. And, and if I don't ask something, I forget it. That's why I got to write everything down. Um, I had Simon, Simon Majumdar on one of the Iron Chefs. And he said, oh, since the pandemic started, we've lost over 100,000 restaurants in the United States. So a lot of companies have went belly up, went out of business. And a lot of companies had to restart. So a lot of business owners had to become resilient. What is your definition of resiliency? A great question. Absolutely great question. I like I like the word ambition as well, right? Um, and I think they kind of go hand in hand because resilient means that no matter how much life is going to throw at you, you're just not going to quit, right? Like you're going to figure it out. And And it's to the point that literally everything in life has been figured out or will be figured out. And as much as we want to say like, Hey, you know what? We, we can't turn water into wine. It's like, Hey, at some point we might actually turn water into wine. Right. They thought we couldn't make fly, fly airplanes and we're flying airplanes. Right. And we're going into space and we're doing all these things that seem truly impossible, but we're there. And so like resiliency is just basically not quitting because it gets a little bit hard because it seems a little bit impossible because we, we were actually just talking about this, right? Like everybody, whenever you start something new, there's gonna be so many people that are going to say you're wrong, you're stupid, uh, you're ignorant, whatever it is until you're right. And that could be a year. It could be 10 years, but until you're right, people call you stupid. And then when you're right, they call you brilliant. So it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're resilient, it just means that you keep going until you're right. All right. So then let me ask you a question. You know, before you had to become, you became the brand shark. Um, you actually had to become a little fish at one point. Mm-hmm. And you had to work your way through the through the waters, the murky waters. You had to, you know, go the wrong way sometimes, have to be put back on course. So tell us a little bit about how you, where you come from, where did you grow up, and how did you become the man that you are today? Yeah, I grew up in California um, for 20, 27 years, I believe. And 27th year, uh, I was working at a manufacturing company since I was, 20 so i was there for about seven years and i thought i was gonna make partner uh the owner was verbally abusive to everybody couldn't keep a sales manager to keep his life couldn't keep salespeople to keep his life uh and i became a sales manager um by the age of 24 by age 25 i was making as much as my father which was 
felt great, right? Because I was like, okay, but then I was, I didn't know what to do because it kind of derailed me. Because I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, this is the highest I know, right? Like, this is the most that I know. This is the most that somebody gets paid. So it's like, what, what does somebody do to get paid more than this? So it's really, it's a very interesting question if, uh, if you don't have people in your life who you know that make a ton of money because you know that there's millionaires out there, but you don't know one of them. So it's like, who do you ask, right? So H27 sells the business. Uh, I thought I was going to make partner at some point or own like a little slice of it. That doesn't happen. And so age 27, start a business after two or three months, uh, leave California, go to Arizona, uh, miss the housing boom. I was renting, trying to get a better rate, APR, down payment, everything. Well, that was a mistake. And then February of this year, 2022, decided to move to El Paso, which is where I'm at right now. And we own a house and we have a very good business. We're thriving right now. So that's pretty much how it all happened. Okay. So now I, I was pretty much in the same situation. I was with a friend of mine with GNC for over over 12 years. I thought I was going to become a partner. Um, shit happens. Yeah. And, and we're still friends to this day. He was a, a business mentor of mine, but his daughter became partner. So I don't blame him. But, you know, somebody could have said, you know, after you spent all those years and then you realize, well, you're not going to become a partner. You could have just, instead of being resilient, you could have just said, fuck it. And I, I don't need, I don't need this crap. I don't need to, I'm just going to go back working. I'll, I'll work in a warehouse, somebody somewhere making $15 an hour and I'm just going to be happy. So what caused you to say, all right, this is not happening for me now on to the next thing. What, what was that mindset like? Dude, the hardest, the hardest part of anything that we do is wanting more and knowing that you can't have more but knowing that you have it within you to have more. And so the first time, well, not the first time, but like the, the, the one that always gets me, right. The one that I go back to instantly is I was working at that manufacturing company and me and my wife were both working. She wasn't there with us at the time, but she was working for another job. And we wanted this apartment in California and it was 1600 a month or 1500 a month or something like that. And we were looking for, for roommates. Me, we, me and her were married, but we were looking for roommates so that that way we could try to afford it. Cause it was like a two bedroom. And at some point, like we, we went through like two roommates. It was horrible. Like it was kind of funny almost. They were like, I'm picking up extra shifts at Domino's. So it should be good. And we're like, what do you mean extra shifts at Domino's? Like we can't count on somebody to, to have rent if you're like going week by week, you know? And so I just remember thinking like, this is so frustrating. This is so stupid. I, I like, I can't believe that I'm at the mercy of other people. And I literally just turned and I was like, fuck it. We're going to get the apartment. Like we'll figure it out. And so I think that that's, that's the mentality that we've always had is, okay, so the company got sold. Can I go back to it? And it's like, no, because I don't, I don't want, I want more. Like, I don't want to be, you know, week by week and then trying to figure out how I'm going to afford this apartment. And it's like, I just never wanted that life. And, and the other thing is that if you pay close attention, there's so many people that don't have to live that life. So it's like, why are you at the mercy of living that life? If other people don't like, we're not stupider than them. We're not dumber than them. We live in the same place as them. So what's, what's the reason, you know? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I just had a conversation with my mother. She's upstairs. She's visiting and she's 78 years old and she grew up poor. Her parents grew up poor. Grandparents grew up poor. So she had a poor mentality. She, she had that mentality of, well, we can't afford it. Um, or, you know, how much everything is how much, you know, mm. with everything, but once I had Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter come on the show from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
totally changed my mindset into where like when now when I go out for dinner with my wife, even if I don't want the, the surf and turf, I'm getting the surf and turf <laughs> just because I can, because 20 years ago, I was eating out of a garbage can living in my truck three yeah. miles away from my house today. So I think a lot of us carry on that limiting mindset from what our parents were, think about to what we think about. So talk to us about the first, in order to be the first successful, you got to, you got to change, have a paradigm shift. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, you can't, it's impossible to have the same information and, and even the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a, a different result. Right. And so with, without a paradigm shift, without really having that, that moment of just like, aha, right. Like the, the insightful moments. And I think that that's something that I've always chased. And I think that's something that people should chase, especially in books, right? Like you, you buy the book and of course, like you're trying to find the, the, the value back in the book, but it's like, really, you just need that, that moment. Right. And and it's funny because even out of the same books, you can always get different moments and different ahas and different paradigms, just, just depending on where you're at in your life. But you need those, you need those moments because if you go, if you go through life with the same information of like, okay, well, you know, the, the economy is going to go bad and we're going to have a recession, which means that you have to pull back. Right. I like, I truly during this recession, when I saw the gas go up, I was like, Oh dude, I love this. Like I really did. And it, and it sucked. Right. Like, and everybody was like, you know, it sucks. The gas should be down and we had a better economy, but I was like, okay, you know what? And where I live, most of the marketing companies are very small marketing companies. And I knew right away gas went up. You're not going to be able to go see clients. And so I was like, Oh, this is great because I can afford the gas. I can afford it. Definitely go, go out and see clients twice as much right now. Right. And so therefore I knew that just because the gas is bad, it might be, it might and immediately everybody's going to say gas is bad. How can I make it benefit me? And so when you have those paradigm shifts, you're able to see something that might be seen as a negative, as a positive, And that's truly where we win. See, and, and I totally agree because I started my podcast right at the beginning of uh, COVID and everybody's like, you're going to start a business right in the beginning of COVID. I'm like, everybody's going to be home. Everybody's going to be bored. So I'm going to start a podcast to help people that are struggling right at this moment. So I think what you really said, it, it makes a lot of difference, you know, because even I was talking to my, my, one of my friends about how um, some of the richest people in the world, they're happy when a recession hits because they're going to buy more stuff. Yeah. They're going to buy the stuff that everybody doesn't, you know, Everybody is starting to sell off or um, like I was saying to somebody that if you have a business and you need to start spending more on advertising mm -hmm. because all of your all everybody else, almost everybody else in your niche is going to start tightening their, their belt buckles. And the first thing they they cut down is on advertising. Correct. Every single time. And I think that that's where we've been fortunate is because everything that we do, we try to find in the market, what is lacking, right? And especially dude, during COVID, it, I, I think that whenever I tell this to anybody, we all know that we messed up during COVID. Because the only thing that every single one of us needed to do to become a millionaire was to start selling vitamin C packets. That was it. If you would have started a vitamin C company, oh my god, we would have been multi billionaires right now, right? 
because yeah. that we're thinking, oh man, we should have become an ambulance company. We should have become the vaccine. Like all, all these things that we're thinking like really, really high level, right? We should, we should have done all these things that people were lacking. People wanted vitamin C packets, right? Like hand sanitizer, vitamin C. Those were the things that were big zinc, magnesium, right? Yeah. Multi-millionaires right now were created over something so easy. And so if we start thinking that way, I think that we're able to see what are the gaps and with, with marketing, what we saw right now, it's, it's a huge buzz thing, right? Um, I was, I was trying to go into public speaking for, for motivation because there is another, since it's a recession, there's a big lack of hope. So therefore anybody who gives hope will have really a, a good uh, success right now. But as I'm doing this, everybody starts asking about the brand shark and they're like the video content. And they're like, you know, people would pay you a lot of money for that stuff. And so as I start listening and I start putting stuff out, they're like, reel it back. What we actually want to pay you for and where we see your true value and where we want to bring you on podcasts and on stages and everything is we don't know how to create content on social media that people actually want to pay attention to. And I'm like, huh, interesting. So even though there's a recession and they start cutting marketing, People want to pay for the stuff that they don't know how to do. And as long as you're able to see those patterns, you can make a lot of money. All right. So before we even get on there, because I want to <laughs> dig deep, I want to dig deep into brand. I, I'm a big branding guy. I, I love branding. I, I love everything about branding and marketing. I want to dig deep. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, I, I spent over 23 years in the military. I was with GNC for over 30 years. I loved my pre-workouts, but they would they would taste like ass. And then they would make me crash. So I start. I created my own coffee, Vertical Momentum pre-workout coffee. Twice the flavor, twice the energy, no crash. And also, uh, we also came out with our own T-shirts, our own swag, coffee cups. Now, the best thing about talking about that is um, if you buy anything from me this month, 100% of the proceeds go to help people struggling with PTSD and homelessness. So I don't make any money, but you get some amazing coffee and you get some amazing swag. So if you guys are interested in that, write coffee or swag down below and I'll get you that information. Now, I also want to talk about our newest sponsor that we're both a part of this amazing group called Operation Life Phoenix Club with uh, my friend Eric Allen and Ian. If you're a man that don't feel that they're hitting where they need to be, and you want a group of like-minded men where we all come together and lift each other up, you need to check out Operation Life Phoenix Club on Facebook. You can check us out. Ask for Eric Allen or Ian. They can always get you the information. And like I said, me, me and Ruben are brothers, and we're here to lift you guys up. This is a mastermind for Christian men and Christian businessmen. So if, if that's what you guys would be interested in, Write Phoenix down below or club, and I'll get that information to you. All right, Rob Ruben, so let's get down and dirty. I, I love talking about branding, um, but I want—I wrote something down. I was looking. I, I, I must have watched almost everything you've put out in the last, since I knew we were going to have you on. Wow. And one thing I love that you talk about, and a lot of people don't realize, um, when you put, like, if we have a, we have a TikTok account. I mean, we're only got 10,000 followers, whatever, but we have almost 2 million impressions. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, impressions really is what matters in the long run. Because when you see a Coca-Cola commercial and it's February, they're not expecting you to go out and buy Coca-Cola right now. 
but it's just keeping keeping them in the, in the conscious in your mind. And I think a lot more people think, well, what is the ROI? But they're not thinking about the impressions. So please drop some knowledge on that. Yeah. Well, see, I had I had to create an ROI, and, and I think that the more that we start talking about branding, because branding has always been around, but it hasn't been so popular. I think it got really popularized. Like it went, it went um, t- like radio ads and then TV ads, and then it became marketing, right? Because they don't want to be called advertisers anymore. So like they really hit on the marketing thing and now it's becoming branding, right? And so what ends up happening is that you, you do have to search for an ROI because for every single thing as a business owner, eventually you're gonna be like, where the hell is my ROI, right? And so like you can do branding for so long, but if you can't prove that I'm doing anything, then it's really hard to, to pay for that. So the ROI in, in branding, the immediate ROI, not just the brand awareness and the impressions, right, is you for one, you get to close deals faster. Like you don't have any of that pending dead time, like seven days and seven touches and, you know, the sales seven touches where you got to do it afterwards. You don't have any of that anymore. And I'll explain why right now. The second part is that you're able to raise your prices. And that's the two things that you're able to do with branding. Okay. So it's like, what's my ROI? Well, if you were going at a thousand and all your competitors are a thousand and you have to go 999 just to try to get the deal, you lost money. But what if instead your prices were 1500 and they were justified, you just made an additional $500 from the market, which you wouldn't have made through the, through the branding. Right. So you got to look at it kind of that way. The second one is the seven touches and the amount of time that you'll save by doing the branding. So Coca-Cola puts out stuff. Um, and, and commercials and stuff to stay in the minds of people. Right. And you get all those impressions, which are really good. But what ends up happening is the next time that they go to the store, they buy the Coke versus the Pepsi. And so it's like, well, what if they didn't buy the, the Coke, they bought the Pepsi and then they bought the Pepsi, they bought the Pepsi, but organically they bought the Coke on the fourth time you lost four sales. Right. So it's the same thing when it comes to like our brands and our business brands. If you, if a customer or consumer is able to see you seven times before they ever need to call you to buy something. The first time that they call you to buy something, they don't need to think about it because they already did all the information. They already have all the credibility that's been established in their mind, and they already saw you as the number one credible resource. They did all their information that they needed to do in order to like discovery find prior to ever having a conversation with you. So when you call or they call you, or let's say they call me about marketing and they go, hey, we saw you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what do you need? And they're like, oh, well, we need branding help. And we know that you're the guy because we see you everywhere and we see that you guys are talking about it. They see all the reviews, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what do you charge? And I'm like, okay. Well, I charge $1,500 and it's a six month contract. And how do you feel about that? And they're like, oh, I don't know about six months. I'm like, look, if I tell you it's three months right now, is that what you'd be comfortable with? Is that like the end of the conversation or do you need anything else? And they're like, no, I'd be pretty comfortable giving you a try three, three months. And I'm like, okay, can I send you the invoice now? Or do you need to think about it? Like, you can just tell me whenever you want, but do you, do you want to do it now? And they're like, yeah, we want to do it now. Send them the invoice gets paid. Dude, I don't have to do any of the work because all the work's been done. And so a lot of people don't see branding in this way. They see it as like, the old school traditional put my face down in the dirt and grind and literally take my face through the dirt until somebody goes, Oh, look up. Okay, cool. Oh, you want to do business? Okay. Keep grinding down the dirt. Right. And that, that way it still works, but it's so outdated to where you can have a bunch of people cold calling. But if you, if you integrate this branding part, it makes it so much easier on your cold callers. And I love that. But now let me ask you, because like I said, I'm a big branding guy. Now I'm an OG. I'm an old guy. Um, and I grew up in the greatest time. I grew up um, in the Michael Jordan years. And if Michael Jordan would have went up to the podium in a pony uniform and pony sweats um, sneakers, people would lose their minds because he is 
Air Jordan. Yeah. He is, I mean, Phil Knight might might own Nike, but he is the face of Nike. Yeah. So, and I believe that you are my brand, you are your brand. Like somebody reached out to me the other day and they said, I think I seen a picture of you. You didn't have your hat on. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's all part of my branding. That's something that I do for, I have a reason for why I do it. Not because I'm going bald, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so talk to us, you know, about, about being your brand, you know, because like a lot of people, you know, everybody knows that Gary V is Gary V, but that's his brand. And you have to be your brand these days because whether you realize that people realize it or not, you have a brand. You might not think you do, but if you go for a job, you know they're going to uh, Google you. They're going to search social media for you. So you have a brand, whether you like it or not, correct? Correct. At, at the end of the day, you know, we, we were just talking about this. It's it's ego that I think that holds back a lot of people when it comes to the brand because they want to hide behind their business or they want to say that they're not good looking or that they don't flow well. But we've we found so many different ways of being able to help people get beyond a lot of these things of like, I don't flow well. And it's like, okay, well, it's multiple takes. And then we chop it up and we make it look really natural, which works anyway, right? Like we, we want like the stop and go, like zoom in, zoom out type of videos and stuff. But you you are the brand. And I think that the longer that you, that you fight this idea of you not being the brand, of the business being the brand, of, you know, that the brand has to be very professional, that it has to be very, you know, precise and and there's so many things that we ourselves think in our head versus the things that the marketplace wants to see from us that's the hardest part is we believe that we know best even though people in the marketplace are telling us exactly what they want to see in order for them to give us money and so a lot of the times if we're just able to step back from that then it becomes very easy and a lot of the times too when you start a business the people who are, will do business with you are actually the people that you know and so when you choose to have the business be the brand, they don't know the business. The business doesn't have an identity. So it makes it really hard to want to do business with the business. But when they start seeing you behind the camera, when they start seeing you behind the podcast or the screen or the content or the pictures or everything, it makes it really easy to understand that there is a living person who actually needs the help that they can give you. So just little things like that to think about. All right. Now let's talk about business because when I started my podcast a little, little over three years ago. Um, and I did it for shits and giggles. I just did it for fun. And then I lost my vision and I decided, well, I got to do something. So I start, I dug deep. And then my mentor is Mr. John Lee Dumas. Now he had, he has over a million downloads a month and he's, he's projected to do, um, $180,000 this month just from his podcast alone. Uh, but he taught me that in order to be successful in business, that you have to go an inch wide and a mile deep on who your your uh, perfect avatar is. And I think it was Mr. Jim Rohn that said it. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about, you know, before you even start a business or sign any paperwork, you need to find out what you're going to sell and who you're going to sell it to. And if it's actually um, marketable, if, if it's scalable, because some yeah. people start this and it's not scalable. Yeah. Yeah. Very recent. So when I, when I started the business, that was something and we were like, yeah, social media, people, people want that. People need that. Right. 
And then we started realizing that it, it was more like branding that they needed. They needed social media branding, right? Like they needed an image on social media. They just didn't need people posting. Cause if they need people posting, you can get VAs to do that. And they're going to like 300 to 500 a month. I was like, that's not scalable at all. Right. And so we had to find like these different things. And then we got to a certain point where, you know, everything's short form video. So it's like, now can we scale that? Right. And is that, what are people even paying us for? Right. Why, why do people want to use us? And so we had to take a step back and we had to realize that a lot of the times you have a product, but the real question you need to ask yourself is why are people buying this product? Why? Right. Like you might, you might think, okay, well, they're buying it because it's a good product. They're buying it because there's a need in the market. That's, that's not really an answer. Right. Why were they buying video content from us and and we came up with the answer of they're paying us for creativity right at the end of the day because there's a lot of apps that can do what we do but it's a template and if everybody's using the template there's no creativity behind it and so therefore if there's creativity behind it and second if you're able to make the customer feel really good about the fact that they're one of the innovators in the marketplace right now because not a lot of people are doing short form content correctly and we're able to go make them go viral a few times then yeah, people would pay us. And once we figured that out, it, it made all the difference because then we, st right now we're in, like I said, we're in a, a moment of growth with everything that we're doing right now because the word is getting out and we know what we're giving them. Our, our package says you're getting this, but we know we're delivering this. And that's the real reason why people are actually paying us. And so you have to know what is your product fulfilling in someone's life. And, you know, that's something that I love and I wanted to, hit on that as you see i'm writing stuff down because like i said if i don't write it i'm not gonna remember but i had mr steve sims on um last week what is it when his, when his new book just dropped yeah. and he said that if you want to be really successful in life in business you have to under promise and always over deliver yeah and and i think a lot of us a lot of people in business they forget about that like I'm, a, I'm the world okayest guitar player. Um, and I, I had to order something from Sweet Sweetwater. I don't forget. I don't remember what it was. It was like 30 bucks or whatever. They sent me like $100 worth of shit. And now anytime anybody talks to me about customer service, the two places I talk about are Sweetwater and Chick-fil-A. Because <laughs> they always under-promise and over-deliver. So yeah. talk about that. Making, you know, you can have a business, but you have to differentiate self somehow and why shouldn't you over deliver right yeah well the differentiation i believe that that's the branding aspect right because everybody in the marketplace is going to do the exact same thing right we can we can get sugar water from anyone we can get our lawn lawn caught from uh wow that was difficult to say our lawn cut from anyone uh, we can get a pool cleaned and serviced from anyone we can get our house built from anyone so where are the differences? Like I know SWOT analysis, some people might not know, some people might SWOT, but a SWOT analysis is really helpful. Those are fundamentals. This is like marketing back in the 70s. Um, it's strength, weakness, uh, opportunity, and threats. And when you see that, I, I think that it is a little outdated because you're not supposed to like live and die by it, by like if it were the Bible, right? Like like some marketers still go like, oh, that's the holy grail of what marketing is. But really, I think what the SWOT analysis is able to show you is 
here's what my competitors don't offer. And if I, and if I do offer this right now, this one key factor is basically the only thing that I should promote. Right. I think even Jim Rohn was the one that said quality and service, quality and service. That's what makes us different quality and service. Right. And it's, Oh no, it's Brian Tracy actually. And, uh, and he's like, people say it like, like it's reality. And it's like, that's only the reality. If your other competitors don't offer quality and services, if everybody's offering quality and service, then you're pretty much the same. And there's no differences between all you guys. So, you have to know what makes you different, what makes you unique, and then really capitalize on that. And I think that a lot of the times, it's not the product features. Uh, sometimes it could be. Very, very rare times it is, right? Like, let's say that you that you have a, a pool cleaning company, and you're like, oh, we use the like high-grade quality pool filters, blah, 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 right? People want to sell that. But if the pool filter prevents your pool from going green, 99% of the time all year, right? Like you just have a blue pool throughout the whole year. That's what you're selling. And if your competitors aren't selling that, yeah, you could sell that for 20,000 more because then you're like, dude, your pool will be green, like perfectly blue, no green all year. No one else can promise you that. And in the back of your head, you're like, God damn, that's a lot of money. And then somebody else comes in, they're like, yeah, it's 20,000 less. And it's like, is my pool going to be green? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be green. What are like, are you stupid? Like nobody offers that. And in the back of your head, you're about to make a decision. You're like, I really don't want that green pool, you know? So, so it's, it's when you're, it's, it's those little tiny things that you're, you're not selling a product. You're always selling like that thing. That's so different to someone that they go, but I, but I just don't get that with those other companies. You know what I mean? I just don't get that. Ruben, Ruben will, will come and record with me every single week. And I just don't get that with other companies. They can turn around videos that I send them in two days. And I just don't get that with other companies. They respond to every single email. And so it's like those little things, right? Like we're not, we're not competing on, on marketing. We're competing on like, who's going to treat you better. Who's going to do it faster. Who's going to make you look better. Who's going to make you go viral. Like, because, and, and viral, you only care about going viral because you have a little bit of an ego, right? You want to go viral. You want to do it for your family. You want to do it for your friends. So just understanding those intangible things. And I think that that's why we're, we're in branding is because we understand the human psychology of what people really want. And if you're able to understand what people really want, then you're able to be really successful. Yep. And like, for me, that's why whenever I have anybody come on the show, I send handwritten thank you notes out because people don't get handwritten thank you notes anymore. It's all bills. You know, nobody ever gets a, a thank you note just saying, Hey bro, thank you for who you are. And I think, you know, that's some of that stuff is what sets us apart. But like for me, we had our transmission done uh, last month, cost us six grand. But after the whole thing was done, they sent us a thank a handwritten thank you card. They sent us a, a dollar or two dollar scratch off. But it meant so much to me and my wife that they took the time to write a handwritten thank you note. And even if it's a two-dollar scratch off, I spent six grand, but it's still they went above and beyond. And like whatever work they were doing, they actually took the pictures of the mechanics working on our car. Mm. So now whenever I hear anybody say I got a car problem, well, you go to Sandusky Auto. They got you. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think and like the first person that ever had me on the show, I've been on hundreds of shows. And the first person that ever sent me anything was Eric. When I was on Eric's show. Yeah. And he actually sent me out that little hand hand carved piece. And that kind of, it changes you. It changes your perspective on somebody when they go, even if it's it doesn't cost a lot of money, but it, they took the time. And I think that means more than the actual money part of it, right? Exactly. Like, 
I, I think everybody wants to feel special in their own way. And it just depends on us to be able to take that extra time. And I think that time is one of those things that people appreciate more than anything because you know you can't get it back, especially the people that know that you can't get it back. Right? Like Some people are just like, oh, this is nice. But the people that know that you did something a little bit extra special for them, most most people will never get that, right? Like you go through your day every single day just working. You go, especially with your mail, you go to your mail and you expect bills every single time. Like that's the only reason, oh, I'm going to go behind on a bill. You see something a little bit extra, you're like, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you, because my old partner, like I said, the one that I was supposed to be partner with, but it didn't work out. He always fought against me. He was like, yeah, this whole social media thing, it's just a fad. But mm -hmm. now his business kind of, you know, Amazon kind of took over and put a hurt on GNC. Now he's making TikTok videos. <laughs> now, now he's he's on uh, Instagram doing videos and boomerangs. So I think if a company says today, well, this is the way we've always done it. Guess what? You're not going to be in business much longer. You're going to go the way to Sears, Radio Shack. If you don't, uh, you know, uh, go along with the times that are coming. So now 2022 is became a new beast. Like I realized when I left GNC that if I opened the doors at nine and I, and I left at nine o'clock, once I shut the doors, business stopped. But once I took a I took an eight week course on social media and I called bullshit. First of all, I said, there's no way evergreen products. It's not a real thing. It doesn't happen. Uh, my father passed away on, uh, Valentine's Day. And that same week I put out my book, my first book. And I, like I said, I did it because I was going to prove the guys wrong that digital marketing is a bullshit. <laughs> but I was not home for those couple of weeks. I started making money even while I was sleeping and away from my family. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, hmm, the landscape has changed. Yeah. So talk to us about the landscape changing in 2022 if you don't have digital products if you don't have evergreen products you're really missing the boat because the internet's open 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah you know the craziest shift that i see right now is the social media companies fighting for our attention and paying us to create on their platforms so they're bribing us at this point, right? And so you're even getting paid just to create content, which is insane because the way they like, right, you, you wrote a book, right? And so you therefore you needed to invest time um, without getting paid into that book. And therefore you got paid for that book indefinitely, right? Now it's instant. Like the, the fact that we're living in an instant economy I, I create the piece of content, which doesn't even need to take long. I heard Alex Ramosi say, like, you're having a hard time creating content because you see it as, like, I need 30 minutes to an hour to create a piece of content. He's like, what if you change your mindset to, like, I only need 30 seconds to create a piece of content? And I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I could do that. And TikTok, that's, that's all I do on TikTok. I just take a story that I made on Instagram, which took me maybe one or two tries. So it takes, like, two minutes at the most. And I post that on TikTok, and they're doing really well. I'm like, okay, that, damn, that's that's a game changer, right? And we're getting paid for that. And so it's really strange to think that there's so many different ways that are coming up in which we're going to be able to get paid instantly for doing things that we were already doing. And when you think about it that way, 
that's how far we've come. Like the the whole, you know, writing a book and everything. That that is almost the standard, right? Most people would think like, oh, okay, well, you know, authors and everything. I think that authors there were less of them now. Now it's easy to become an author. You can self-publish if you really want to. Yeah. Right? So why not? You can create yeah. you can create content content instantly and you can start getting paid for it. So there's just so many different ways that that we can monetize what we're doing for our time in which we don't have to spend millions of dollars to create something that, you know, used to have to go on TV as an ad to make us a ton of money. And if you, and, but you know, like if you're in business, if you need to really, like I'm, I'm big, I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I love LinkedIn. That's where I do most of my damage. Uh, but <laughs> if you pay attention, short term, short form video is King right now, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, shorts, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram stories, and a lot, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't want to go on TikTok because I'm not a 16-year-old girl that's that's dancing." Well, neither am I. But there's also a reason why Kentucky Fried Chicken just said we're going to spend over 60% of our ad budget this year on TikTok. There's a reason why you know these 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 short-form videos are becoming king. And it's because of our attention spans. So mm-hmm. please talk about that a little bit. How, you know, the, your mindset has to change about how your business has to be seen nowadays. Because if you're not on there, matter of just look, your your competition is on there. Yeah. You, you know, at some point or another, I think businesses grow so big that they need to pay for market data, right? And instead of paying for that market data, you could actually be the tester. And I think that most people don't want to test that. So the idea is, let me criticize this platform. Let me not test it. Let me say that it's only 16 year old girls. And then my competitor goes on there, makes a ton of money. And now I'm going to do it, which is kind of what you were saying happened to your old business partner, right? Like they get, they get taken out of their business. All of a sudden they're on it. And so that's what I noticed is that TikTok was, I, I, I went on it two years ago. And I did test it and I wasn't getting the results I wanted, right? There wasn't enough people. It was a lot of 16-year-old girls back then. Now, today, it's a lot of businesses on there. It's a lot of business owners. And so when I went back, I'm seeing a very different thing. But you have to go back and test these things. You have to test YouTube shorts to see what kind of response you get. And so that is the main key factor there. If you are not willing to test your own stuff but criticize it, you are a fool. Because you are criticizing something that you believe to be true, right? It's the whole paradigm shift. How can you have a paradigm shift if the whole time you're just so closed off to everything that you think that you know, but that you've never even tested? That's crazy. That's that's the real crazy person right there. <laughs> okay, so now, like I said, my perfect avatar is a 45-year-old male, father of three, veteran, new business owner. If you were to start a business in uh, in November of 2022, how would you go about it and what would be your branding and marketing strategy as a new business in this new eight in the new digital age? Uh, very, very difficult question just based on where I'm at. If, if where we were at is right now in this exact moment, knowing what I know, I would probably go to TikTok. I would take my team and I would tell them, Hey, let's create a page that has to do with veterans because I know that that is a very, very easy demographic that has already been laid out on TikTok, right? That if I start creating videos, it'll keep showing it to the same people. 
let's say it doesn't even show it to veterans, they would tag the veterans in there because it's a cause, right? So then we would take some sort of a monetary thing. We'd say, hey, look, if we make this so much, let's get $100 uh, every so often. Let's get $25 to veterans that we find just randomly, right? And their families. Let's go take them out. Let's go take them to eat. Let's go give them a card to like, um, I don't know, someplace that they might like, like Cabela's or something. But let's find out what they like and then let's give them that and put it on the thing. Then you grow that very quickly. However, when I first started, I would have said, okay, instead of that, I would have to find a veteran for me to partner with, right? And then I would create a brand for him. And then I would get him on stages and I would create the credibility around him so that that way he could get onto interviews. He could go and he could basically become the face in the image and he would infiltrate all these groups so that that way we don't have to rely on the general masses. So those are the two strategies that I would take. I would either go for the general masses or I would go for the people that could actually influence the general masses. But in order to do that, we would have the brand, the person who is going to be the actual face. Okay. So then let me ask you a question because I, I've wrote, I've took such a deep dive since I've started learning about personal development, but I've taken a really deep dive into copywriting. And I believe that is one of the most under underutilized skills or understudied skills in marketing at all. Because I know I can, if I put, I know there's a certain sound. If I put a video, I mean, a picture on TikTok of a veteran and it has the sound sounds of, uh, Sound of Silence by Disturbed on it. It's going to get crushing skill because it gets people emotionally involved. And mm -hmm. I believe that people are not going to whip out their wallet to buy anything unless they get um, emotionally involved. So talk to us a little bit about the, the under, you know, under capital, un underutilized skill of writing good copy. Yeah. So even before I knew this tool, there's this tool that somebody just introduced me to. It is called, and sorry, it's just this is this is one of those things that is just very much so worth being on my computer to tell you. So it's called uh, Advanced Marketing Institute Headline Analyzer. Okay, and so you put a headline in there, and it'll tell you how good the headline is for marketing purposes. But uh, I didn't know this. Apparently, with everything that you do, you uh, appeal to. Uh, well, I haven't really appealed to a spiritual nature. I guess there's three things on here. There's intellectual, empathetic, and spiritual. I usually either uh, mine go to intellectual or empathetic. And so when you're writing good copy, uh, sometimes you might be too intellectually charged and you might be losing the battle to the people that are empathetic. However, the intellectually charged are the ones that actually pay higher money. So you might not be hitting the masses, but if you hit the intellectual person, in you know, let's say 400 people read it and one person buys that one person might be willing to spend 10 grand right so you just have to know how to do it because a lot of the times when you put a a, a subject in there or a headline they rank 10 to 20 percent most of the time they say anything over 35 is really good i put some in there they were like 46 i was like that's really good i put one in that came out as 88 and the, the the title of that one which the original title was uh facing adversity as a Latino businessman or business person or something like that. And I changed it and it says now overcoming adversity as a Latino entrepreneur, 88% because it appeals both to the intellectual person and it also appeals to the empathetic person. Now, when we were saying um, not overcoming, but just facing, I could see why it was wrong because one of them is just like, here's, here's what I'm doing. Right. And nobody's like, nobody cares, but how do you overcome Right. That that's a good word for empathy. 
And so when, uh, when you're writing copy, a lot of what you write is going to be for a very specific person. And if you're able to understand the person who's reading it, then you'll do really well with copy. Okay, because I, I, I've been doing this for a while and, and split testing and doing stuff like that. And I, my friend Russell Brunson, we talked about it. He's like, you got to split test stuff and try try all different things. So I tried something new. Um, one of my friends taught me about the hero's journey and how to put it, putting it, you know, into into copy form. And I just put a picture of me holding my, my newborn baby doll, my newborn baby. And it went viral and blew up. And had people sharing it, commenting, but I put this same written thing out there twenty times at least. But it was the picture that touched people's hearts. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't know what's going to make something go viral. And a lot of people, I think, people sometimes try too hard to go viral, and you can tell they're trying too hard to go viral. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's well. So here's the thing: there, there's a a formula for going viral and I haven't seen it in a while. Mr. Beast talked about it. And I think I saw the video like two years ago, but basically uh, the top, the top three things that I always remember is money. It's sex or sex appeal. Um, and then it's pranks. And then there's like two other ones. Uh, giving and charity, I believe is another one as well, which kind of goes and falls into money. But these are the main things that make you go viral. Everything else might just be by chance, right? Uh, whenever you post your family, because you, a lot of times as business people, we promote, we over promote, right? Which is not bad because you want people to know about the stuff, but you post a picture of your family and then they're like, this person's real and it has a baby and people love babies. You throw your dog in there. Oh my God. People love dogs. They love animals. That's another thing that goes viral by the way is animals. Um, but you have your dog and then you're on vacation. Oh my God. I love the beach. And so you're just stacking all these psychological factors that make people's brains go off. And they're like, like, comment. Oh, my God. I, you know what I mean? The, he, it's his anniversary, and he just posted his picture from when he was 20. I had no idea he looked like that. This guy's handsome. Oh, my God, right? And so you're just appealing to all these people's senses, and that's pretty much what makes people go off. That's why pranks work so well, too, because even though they might be fake or not, it's, like, relatable. You know what I mean? And, you know, and a lot of people, especially when they first start a new business, all you see is business stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, but like, you know, even when Russell wrote his the book, the trilogy series, The Secrets, he talks about, you know, five things like my five things that I post every week about is faith, family, podcasting, veterans and personal development. I post about five different things once every day about something different. So people don't get bored saying, yep, he's going to be talking about podcasting today. Swipe. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So talk to us a little bit about what you got going on. I know you got an event coming up here next. What's going on in Ruben's world? There's always too much going on. And I always tell, I always tell my, my crew, stop letting me join groups. <laughs> right. That's, that's what happened with Eric. Eric was like, do you want to join this group? He goes to a review. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to have time, but if you need me to, and he's like, yeah, man, if you can make time and sure enough, we've, we've made time for every single one. So, but, um, no, we, we take on more than we can handle, but then we always make it work. And I think that that's the, the best, most fun way to live. So we have this event called uh, Thrive in Your City. And we do it every two to three months, more than anything. And it's been a while since we've done one. And so we decided, why don't we just finish it off? And I kept talking about it for the last like two or three months. Why don't we just finish it off with a Christmas party? And they're like, well, yeah, we should do a Christmas party. We should do like an event and we should have people. 
that are speakers and we should do a panel or something like that. And I told him, no, I won't really want to do a Christmas party because I'm, I'm very big on the experience part, right? Like for people. And so I tell them there's, there's a session going on and there's a lot of crap. I think that people would have a very good time at an end of the year Christmas party. And they convinced me and we're going to have a, a speaker that's going to come in. Uh, after all, 20 minutes is what I, what I told them I would give them. But we'll have a, we'll have a Christmas party at a dueling piano bar. Um, we're going to have some, some special guests. We're going to have some, some very fun festive things that we're going to do. Uh, we're probably going to give away a lot of drinks for free and everybody's going to have a great time. And we're inviting a lot of people that don't typically come out to this. So a lot of new connections for people that haven't met each other in the city. So that is what we do at those events. We provide an experience and we make sure that a lot of people who haven't met each other go so that that way it's worth their time. And it'll be, it'll be a fun time. So that's what we have with that. I also have uh brand sharks. My, my first book, uh, we're doing volume two. So I'm looking for authors on that. That one is going to start uh, December 6th. So we're going to be starting that project. Uh, I'm going into public speaking. I have a few places that I can't announce that I'm probably going to be speaking at next year. Uh, I got announced in Forbes recently. I'm probably going to get a little bit more press. And I think that I'm going to be verified on Instagram very soon. So those are all the things that are going on right now. Oh, cool. So now let, let me get, you know, because I always, this, I always, this podcast is always teaching a, a teaching podcast. I always want somebody when they're listening to our show, to coming to come away with some actionable steps to help build a better life and build a better business. So, what three pieces of it, uh, pieces of advice would you give to a brand new business owner that they can use within today or within the next week to start to get their business um, on on track? Hire a salesperson. First and foremost, first person you should always hire is a salesperson. Make enough money to hire a salesperson, but then hire a salesperson. And I don't know if you want to count this as a number two or not, or if you want it to be still part of number one. You have to take risks. Most people don't want to hire a salesperson. Oh, what if they're bad? And then I have to hire someone else. And I've tried that before, but who cares? Who gives a shit? Honestly, find a salesperson, find a good salesperson. I found mine. It took me a while and I was like still like going back and forth and I hired a bunch of people. If I could go back, first person I would hire is a salesperson made me a lot of money. They make you money, right? That's the thing. And here, here's here's the way that I think you need to see it is you get sick as the business owner. Who else sells in your company? Nobody else sells in your company. So you're sick. You're stressed. Oh my God, I should be selling. I'm not. <laughs> and then you start looking at your people, right? And you start looking at like the, the person who's like your admin assistant or whoever else you hired. And you're like, you're looking at them. And you're like, why the fuck aren't you selling for me right now? Right? And you get all mad at them. And, and then you start looking at everybody at an expense and you're all mad. You hire a salesperson, dude, I can, I can be sick now. I can definitely be sick whenever I want to be right. He can be sick whenever he wants to, because we just fall off of each other. Right. So that'd be number one, get a salesperson. Second thing that I think I would tell somebody is think of yourself higher than you normally do. And think of yourself more than a business. If you think of yourself as a business, you're only going to be chasing the sale, right? And therefore, you're always going to be chasing, you know, my competitor does it for 999. I got to do it for 998. And it's like, okay, well, what if what if they do it for less? What are you going to do then? And it's like, well, that shit, I don't know. So it's like start looking for ways to get awards. Start looking for ways to differentiate yourself. Start looking for ways to collaborate with people so that that way it's not just you. It doesn't have to be just you. And then finally, on the marketing side, just make sure your marketing looks really, really good. Make sure that you're putting yourself out there and that not every single thing that comes out of your mouth is 
my name is my name is Billy Bob from Billy Bob's Pool Services, and we clean pools. Well, obviously, you clean pools. It's on your shirt. Like, what else would you do, right? What else is going to come out of your mouth? How else are you going to collaborate? What else are you going to do? Can you be on podcasts? Can can your your uh, marketing be extra clean and pristine? Can you entertain people in your marketing? What else can you do? Because if not, what I'm going to do, and the probability of you getting hired is. What does your Google business profile look like? I'm going to scan through three or four people. I'm going to look at the reviews. And if your reviews aren't good, you're screwed. Okay, and that's one thing I've realized because I, I, you know, I'm all, all in on podcasts. This is my life. This is what I do now. But I, I've seen people launch their podcasts and they've been having a podcast for a couple of years with a, with a lot of downloads, but then I go to look at reviews and they got like two. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people, because even now we become so conditioned, even if I going to go out to a restaurant, I still look at the reviews. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot, I think a lot of business owners, then, you know, they don't realize that reviews are free, but a lot of people, they don't ask for them. So they don't yeah. get them. So that's why they're not getting ranked a lot of times because their business or whatever, they're not getting ranked on Google. And Google loves that shit. They love rankings. They they love numbers, right? I think well, I think everybody everything does, right? Like so with us, especially for where we're at, again, we we looked at the whole competition, we looked at everything, and we realized that most of the marketing companies have about 30 reviews, which is decent, right? Like you're a marketing company. We're sitting at like 55 right now. And I told John, I was like, let's get to 100. Let's just blow it out of the water. I think the highest person who has any here is like 60. Like, let's just blow it out of the water. Right. And then once they start getting, you know, we'll go to 200. We'll go to, let's get it to 1,000. Right. And so it really is always about numbers. It's about social proof. I mean, high school, I think, is the best example that we have of how life really works outside of high school. We think that, like, oh, this isn't high school anymore. It's the quote that everybody uses. Uh, reality is, is that it really is. Everything is high school, right? The most popular person is the one that gets the most attention. How do they become the most popular person? Usually they're louder. Usually they have more people that have endorsed them for stuff. They're not afraid to get on stage. Everything is high school. And so when we say, oh, well, that's not fair. Like life shouldn't be like that. And it's like, it's too bad. Life really is like that. And high school showed us that the most popular person, the best looking person, the, the one that's the least uh, amount of fear, that's who's going to win. And so, therefore, social proof matters. If you don't have enough reviews, then you're probably not going to look that credible. If I, if you tell me I have 100,000 people listening, which I've seen this before, I have 100,000 people listening every single year, and you have two reviews, fucking bullshit. I, goddamn, no. Oh, God, I hate you so much, right? How? How? You're telling me that 998,000 Nine, 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 you know what I mean? Whatever that fucking number is, you're telling me that two people out of all those people were the only ones? It's impossible. 100% impossible. So, I true. love it. Social so now, last question is, how do we find you if we want to hire you? How do we hire you? And how do we support whatever mission you have going on? Yeah, so on everything that I have, it's the same. It's the same username at I am. Ruben Alvarez, as you see it on the screen, R-U-V-N, no weird spelling, at I am Ruben Alvarez. Or my business website is www.themarketinghunters.com. If you search The Marketing Hunters on any Google platform, you'll see basically our Facebook with all the reviews. You'll see the Google My Business with all the reviews. We have a ton of press out. 
we uh you'll find us um but those are the main two places i'm primarily though on instagram if uh, if you want to connect on there i am on on linkedin but i don't i don't i'm not as fanatical as i am on instagram all right so last question i gotta ask for me <laughs> how'd you come up with the moniker brand shark so that one okay i i want to say that i was on clubhouse and i was uh i was known as the branding guy when it came out on clubhouse because i was pretty big on clubhouse and i had a podcast called in for the kill and the in for the kill the main thing was a shark it was a little tiny shark that was like this big and so when i went on clubhouse somebody was like it's the brand shark and i was like huh and then the book somebody said hey you should do or i reached out to a publisher and i said hey i, I want to do a book by myself how what would it cost and he's like why don't you just do a co-authoring project it's a lot less and then you guys all share the responsibility and you can have a book and i was like yeah for sure and he's like what do you want to call it i was like let's call it brand sharks and so from there everybody calls me brand shark now and it just stuck <laughs> okay i love it brother so guys make sure you check out ruben i, I was on his i was trolling him for the last couple of weeks knowing <laughs> that we were going to get together he's got an amazing amazing um instagram he's totally active on it i've learned so many things just by watching his what he does there um, especially on his instagram stories so make sure you check him out there make sure you pick up his book guys um like I said, if you're interested in learning how to become a better man, better husband, better father, better business owner, check out Operation Life Phoenix Club on Facebook. Guys, if you're interested in T-shirts, hats, the coffee, whatever you want, Vertical Momentum has it. So check us out. And I just want to say thank you guys um, for being a part of my journey and letting me be a part of yours. And I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there for that, that celebrates Thanksgiving. Ruben, brother, I just want to say thank you. I'm so humbled and grateful for your friendship. And I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. No, same, same to you, man. Very, very thankful that we got a chance to meet for your friendship. Thank you for having me on your show. And then happy Thanksgiving to anybody who's listening. All right, brother. God bless. And guys, remember, vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and I'll check you out on Monday. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.